and welcome back to Fellow Travelers Podcast. This is Kelsey Calhoun and you're listening to episode two. So before I jump into things today, I thought I would quickly go over the disclaimer again, as today's episode does have some specific tools in it. So just a reminder that this is not therapy and it's not meant to replace therapy and it's just a podcast. Everything on the podcast is educational, informational, um, and very general. So there's no way of me being able to personalize this to anybody. So please consult with your own mental health professionals. And if you're just trying these things out on your own, just take everything with a grain of salt and realize that, um, yeah, it's just general information. So today's episode is really focused on specific tools that might be helpful if you're looking to bring in a sense of calm or a sense of grounding or you want to feel more present or in embodied. Um, this these could be moments where you're feeling panicky or you're having a panic attack, where you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed. For me, it feels like a revving sometimes, like oh, I just feel revved up. If you are ruminating, stuck in your head, overthinking, it could be helpful if you're feeling frustrated or irritable or angry or you know, you you can tell you're on edge and you, you might flip out. Like, you know, you want to pull back from that. Um, it also could be helpful before bed if you just want to unwind a little more and come into more a more restful state. So basically, we're talking about like nervous system regulation. So if you think of like a 10-point scale, and let's say 10 is, is that fight or flight mode, that threshold that like once you get there, you're kind of at the top of that stress mountain at your limit where you you have the panic attack or you have an outburst or you have a meltdown or whatever it is. It's it's kind of like pulling us away from that. And the trick I would say is to try to catch it when you're at like a five, a six, a seven, maybe an eight, because when we kind of get so close, when we're already in a state of panic or we're already angry, it's really hard, really hard to think, oh, I should do those tools I learned that time, like pretty much impossible because we are in a survival state at that time. So what can be helpful to build self-awareness is something as simple as a 10-point scale and starting to learn how to check in with yourself. And, you know, I recommend to people sometimes that you even for the first while set an alarm on your phone for every hour or, you know, have part of your routine be like, how am I doing? How am I feeling? Because sometimes if we don't check, it's just like we can go from zero to 60 when really we probably could have had more warning earlier if we had paid attention enough to like say, oh my gosh, I'm getting so frustrated. I'm at a seven, I'm at an eight. Like if I don't do something, I'm probably going to lose it on someone I love or I'm going to have a panic attack because I can tell I have this coming on. And I I get it that it doesn't always work that way. But if we do build some self-awareness that can be helpful to actually using the tools because I don't think there's anything helpful about being told in the midst of a panic attack to breathe like just breathe or when you're angry to you know calm down like that makes me more angry I'm sure you can agree so if we can start to learn that these tools are actually helpful and they can be used in a really helpful way then we can take our own initiative to practice them and make them a part of our our daily routines or our daily lives and can help manage our nervous system a little bit better. So something to keep in mind as I'm sharing these tools is that there is a difference um, of intensities of the state that we could be in. So for example, if you're feeling panicky, 
that's different than having a full-blown panic attack where you think you're going to die. So I'll try to make suggestions as I offer the tools about how you could adapt these depending on the intensity of the state that you're in. Um, And definitely can follow up in, in other episodes about more specific like crisis techniques compared to just like overall management because there is a difference between between them um one more thing i thought i would say as well before i jump into the tools is that i was thinking i would also follow up after this podcast with some specific exercises where i guide you through these tools so for example if there's a you know a breathing exercise or a grounding exercise I'm going to introduce it here, but I'm also going to make like a five or 10 minute guided version. So if you just want to listen to the tool, maybe in the moment where you're like, oh man, I need some support right now, you could put the episode on and follow along. So I'm going to kind of breeze through it today and then again, follow up. So the first tip I thought I would start with today is movement. So obviously there's a ton of evidence saying that exercise and movement can be very beneficial for mental health. Um, And that is definitely true and that's definitely important. So that as a part of your lifestyle can be really helpful, but more so I'm talking in the moment of wanting to change your state. So my partner has some pretty serious panic attacks and I was, I had made an earlier episode actually, if I'm being honest and shared it with him and he was like, you know what? All that stuff makes sense, but that doesn't work for me when I have a panic attack. And it was just a good reminder that, again, we all experience panic in a different way. And he said for him, the only thing that's been helpful is to literally just stop what he's doing in that moment and just move now. He's like, I sprint, I'll do push-ups, you know, whatever it is to interrupt or to disrupt that energy in the body. And so that can be really helpful is like immediate movement where you, you do shake things up. I know for me, when I'm feeling panicky, I've found it helpful or actually felt like a panic attack coming on is to just, you know, get up and start moving around and breathing as I move, you know, maybe swinging my arms around a bit. I know it's been helpful for some people to shake really hard or maybe dance if you're in the mood for dancing, um, just something to move the energy because sitting stagnant with that really intense energy inside can be really overwhelming and can actually kind of increase that sense of panic or that sense of anger or whatever it might be in the body. And then a couple other tools I thought I would briefly mention. I know they're very popular and well-known. You can probably guess what I'm going to say, yet they are helpful. So I wanted to touch on them. Um, are finding your feet so feeling that sense of grounding through the feet and breathing and I'm going to touch on those really quickly and offer some maybe more specific details about them and how they can be helpful so finding your feet helps in bringing you into the moment so if you're sitting or you're standing just taking your attention when you're feeling that pull into fear or anger or just whatever intense emotion you're experiencing is you know where are my feet where are my feet And sometimes just standing on them or feeling them on the ground, maybe even taking your shoes or socks off to increase contact and just sensing yourself being connected to something underneath you can help to quickly bring you back into a moment. Because usually, even though our bodies are present, our minds are kind of moving to a different dimension, essentially, to the past, to the future, unless we're in immediate threat, um, we, we want to actually come back to the present and be able to you know, realize, oh, I'm actually safe right now. Everything's okay right now. I can bring myself back into my body. 
So finding your feet can be helpful or even finding your seat. So if you're sitting, sometimes it's helpful to find your hips and, you know, your sits bones or the back, your back against your couch or chair or wherever you're sitting. And I will follow up with a guided version of that as well. Then with the breathing, again, it is so stereotypical. I know I remember being like in grade five, probably in health class and being like, when you're angry, what should you do? Take 10 deep breaths. And it's like, okay, yeah, have you ever been angry before? Thanks, health teacher. Because like, it doesn't work that way, at least not for me. Like when I'm angry, that's not my line of thinking. But that being said, just like I explained earlier, if we can start to regulate the nervous system when we're feeling that that anger come on or that stress whatever it might be we really can move our nervous system into a more calm state and it's kind of finding that threshold between okay it's too late I'm going into reacting like you know survival fight flight freeze collapse or okay I have a tiny little room of air where like to breathe for a second where I can see I don't want to do this. I need to step back. And that's the difference between reacting and responding. So sometimes a breath is all you need to just get enough out of your reptilian brain into that prefrontal cortex where you're like all the good thinking happens and it's like, oh, right, I don't want to lean into this right now. I I don't want to go into fight, flight, freeze. I don't need to go into fight, flight, freeze. So the breath can be very helpful for that. And what's important to keep in mind is that if you are looking to calm down what's helpful to focus on is the exhale so the exhale helps move us into parasympathetic nervous system that rest and digest part of our nervous system so you've i've learned a thousand breathing techniques i'm sure you've heard a ton if you want to keep it simple especially if you're panicking or freaking out think about the exhale and make it longer than the inhale so maybe you count four breaths in eight breaths out if you like to count or something like that but basically doesn't need to be a specific number if you're just looking at trying to change change the pace or change the state that you're in. So I'll demonstrate a quick breath. Again, I'll follow up with something more specific in another episode, but it might just sound like this. So breathe in. Exhale. And you can probably tell by listening that my exhale was longer. I honestly feel a shift already because as I talk, I start to get worked up. Um, Just, you know, lots of talking, lots of thinking. So just that breath, I can feel a little more space. I can feel things starting to slow down. This is a dramatic like TV infomercial example. It's not expected to work that quickly. But if you did a few of those in a row, chances are, again, you'd start to feel a little more present. So something to keep in mind there. The other breath I thought I would teach is called the Vu breath, and it's spelled V-O-O, Vu, and it sounds like a foghorn, to be honest, and it's a breath that was created by Peter Levine, who's a trauma expert, and his um, he's created somatic experiencing, which is a type of, of therapy based in the body and the nervous system, and the Vu breath works in that it activates your vagus nerve or stimulates your vagus nerve. And when your vagus nerve is stimulated, it activates the parasympathetic nervous system. So again, rest and digest. So I can talk about vagus nerve stuff. I'm definitely not an expert, but there's lots of interesting things about it. I can talk about that in another episode. But what's important to know is that when you stimulate that nerve, it helps to bring on that rest and digest response. So it induces a sense of calm, which is the goal. So what you do with the Vu breath is you take an inhale 
And then on your exhale, you say vu in a really deep vibrational way, kind of in the pit of your belly. And then once that's done, you would do one more round, maybe one or two breaths. And then you would just sit and wait and kind of monitor, see what you notice with the effects. So I'll demonstrate. And again, I will follow up with um, a more specific podcast just focused on the on the vu breath. So you'd breathe in to start. Vu. just sit and kind of notice what you feel in your body. I could definitely feel a bit of a relaxation kick in. I kind of feel some tingling and buzzing in my head. A bit more warmth and tingling throughout the body. And you could do another round. You could um, sit with that longer for sure because even just noticing and feeling the body start to settle can be really helpful in helping us find a, a state of calm. Another tool that can be really helpful is what's called orienting. And orienting essentially is just a process of becoming more present in the space that you're in and orienting to your environment. So this is also from the work of Peter Levine as well. And what you would do, I guess you can, you know, if you want to follow along, you can. And and you just kind of get comfortable, maybe put your feet on the floor. Or it doesn't really matter. Wherever you're at is okay. But you just start to look around your space. But the important part is to let your eyes go where they want to go. So you're not cranking your head and saying, oh, I'm looking around. You let your, your eyes go where they want to go. And you might find there's something you get fixated on or maybe your eyes are kind of going all over. And see if there's an impulse to turn your neck and you can follow that impulse. Let your body kind of move you. And as you're doing that, you just start to notice what you're noticing. I'm noticing the ceiling fan above me and there's something that's kind of soothing about it so I think that's why it's kind of caught my eye there's a rhythmic kind of pattern to it but you might see what you've noticed if there's something that maybe does offer some comfort to look at or something interesting maybe you're just noticing this is really hard this is boring this is annoying but just starting to bring more awareness to the space around you and and again letting your eyes and your body kind of lead that And so you could do that for a longer duration of time, absolutely. But to piggyback off of that, I thought I would add in uh, a technique that you might have heard of called the 5-4-3-2-1 grounding exercise. So this is kind of like um, a little bit of a a souped up um, I spy. You basically, you look around the room and find five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear two things you can smell, and one thing you could taste. 
And honestly, it doesn't matter if you remember that sequence. It's just, that's just how I've heard it presented. You could do 10 things. You could do five things. You could do two things. It doesn't matter what senses you use when. But what's nice about that is it does bring in all the senses and it makes you become actively engaged in the present moment. And you could also literally do I spy. Let's find how many things I can find in the room that are blue or that have, you know, stripes on them or, or whatever it is. It, it's kind of up to you, but it's nice to kind of have something to think about when, you, when you're when you like, what do I focus on? Sometimes it's nice to have, okay, let's find five things I can see. So play with that and see if that might be helpful. One more thing I thought I would touch on as well is speaking your experience out loud. So sometimes that's a nice way to build self-awareness and also to take our experience and kind of externalize it and allow us to witness it. So I notice I'm having a panic attack. I notice I'm fuming. I'm so angry. I notice I'm feeling a lot of tension in my body right now, whatever it might be. And and again, that doesn't work for everybody. Maybe it's something that makes, makes the symptoms worse. But I think for a lot of us, it gives us that distance to just say, oh yeah, I am. Like, what can I do or how can I seek out support right now? So that's a quick tip as well. And then the last one I thought I would mention is the use of soothing touch. And so this again might not work for everybody because I know not everybody responds well to touch, but there is something different about offering touch to yourself. So just even placing a hand on your chest and feeling, you know, the contact or maybe a hand on your stomach You could, you know, kind of like lovingly, soothingly rub your arms or maybe rub your hands kind of in a gentle way. Um, Sometimes a little bit more intense pressure, actually, like not to hurt yourself, but to really squeeze your muscles or, you know, if you have some tension in the body, those things can be helpful sometimes just to offer a sense of like, basically you're saying, hey, it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. You know, and you could actually say those things too, if you wanted to, but there's something about just the the touch that we offer to ourselves that can express that, if that makes sense. And it can be soothing. You can even actually give yourself a hug. I know it's not the same as a real hug, but you know, there are ways to kind of bring in a sense of calm through touch as well. So I thought I would just end by sharing how these things could also be offered by a support person. So I know that when we are overwhelmed, sometimes it is hard to think for ourselves. We go into that survival part of our brain and we can sometimes lose perspective on what's good for us or what we can do or we just become panicky or caught up in our, again, that fight, flight, freeze, collapse place. So if you have somebody you know, in your life that you trust and, you know, is around when you're going through these things, most of these things can be adapted um, in a way that's kind of offered from your partner. So I'll quickly offer some examples. With the feet, you can obviously have a person say, hey, like, you know, feel your feet, get your feet on the ground, get off the bed, put them on the ground. The person could put their feet on your feet and offer kind of some pressure again not to squish your toes but just to put some pressure on your feet um you know the breathing as well something that i found helpful and i think some people find helpful is to say hey like look into my eyes look at me let's breathe together okay nope breathe with me inhale 
big exhale. Keep breathing. Keep exhaling. Push, 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 exhale. Like kind of offering that. Um, the movement one, if you are experiencing a panic attack or if you, you know, the person you're with is, you could offer that. Like, let's move. Come on. Let's jump. Let's do some jumping jacks together. Let's sprint. No, I'm not kidding. Let's go. You know, you could offer that um, kind of encouragement or reminder. Um, the Vu breath, obviously just again, mimicking or following along with me. Let's do it together. The touch one I thought could be helpful, but I wanted to make a little disclaimer on that because sometimes that's definitely not what we need. We do not want to be touched when we're in fight or flight mode. So just again, let the person know I need space right now. Don't touch me or yes, please. I need some, I need some comfort and touch could be offered through the same way as I mentioned. It could be a hug. It could be rubbing your back or just sitting with you. Even just sitting near you can offer comfort sometimes. And the orienting is also, um, one that you can kind of say, you know, or have someone say to you, you know, like, okay, look around the room. What do you notice? Or let's find five things you can see. Let's find five things you can touch or, Hey, what color is that door? Or what did we eat for supper? Or what day of the week it is? Or what day of the week is it? So there's lots of things that a person could offer as a support. And these are good conversations to have when you're feeling relatively calm. So you can kind of make a plan. And on that note, I would suggest that, and I'll make that my last point is, have a bit of a plan, make these things like if any of these things are helpful, and you're like, hey, that kind of helped when I was, you know, at a lower level of, of activation, write them down, put them in a kind of a coping plan, or let your, your loved ones know, hey, here's some things that help me. Because then if someone says breathe, it might not be so offensive, it might be like, oh, right, thank you so much. I forgot how much breath works when I'm feeling stressed out. So I think that summarizes what I wanted to share today. I know it's kind of a lot of information and I will follow up with some specific guided versions of these things, like I mentioned. This is definitely not an inclusive list of everything you could do. So I really would love to hear any tips or tools that you found helpful because we really need to get creative sometimes and, and we don't often find one thing that always works it's like having a toolkit is sometimes really what's helpful for us different things we can try so definitely let me know if you have suggestions and so the best way to get a hold of me is probably just through my website www.kelseycalhoun.com k-e-l-l-s-e-y-c-a-l-h-o-o-n and from there you can find my email and social media information and all that stuff Once again, the theme music is by my good buddy Dustin Ritter of the Dustin Ritter Band, and the song is called Empty Space. Thanks for listening. 